You're in the loop. We're here to discuss the ups, downs, and sideways of the sport of figure skating and maybe give you plus five GOE along the way. Let's introduce this week's host. Hey, it's Kat. I just spent this Thanksgiving weekend trying to get my family to watch figure skating while eating copious amounts of food. You can find me on Twitter at CatTweets with no E. Hi, I'm Zilda. My Twitter handle is at Tequilda. Today is my mom's birthday, so I'm sneaking away to record this episode with a, a glass of wine so I can toast to the Grand Prix finalists. My name is Danny, and I'm currently getting ready for my upcoming season as a competitive figure skater. You can find me on Twitter at Danielle Skating. Let's just start with some news. So Japanese Junior Nationals happened this past weekend, and the top six at Junior Nationals will compete at Senior Nationals next month, which will be really, really fun. Um, for the men, we have Tatsuya Tsuboi, Shun Sato, and Koshiro Shimada. And Tatsuya won with a 0.49 lead over Shun. And for the ladies' medalists, we've got Johanna Yokoi, who was the oldest competitor there, actually, her, in her last uh, junior season. And then we have Nana Araki and Tomoe Kawabata, who actually went from 12th in the short program to 3rd overall. So. Very well done. And also, Adam Rapon has officially confirmed his retirement from competitive figure skating. We all saw this coming, and yeah, it's still a little bit sad because he's so amazing. I love him. I'll toast to Adam Rapon as well. Cheers. <laughs> and we have some interviews down the pipeline from some coaches and skaters from the Grand Prix event in France this past weekend. So keep a lookout for those. Also, we've started an Instagram search for in the low podcast and you'll find it we post some photos we've taken at competitions and such we publish a weekly roundup of news stories you may have missed during the week and they're on our website just go to in the low and you'll find all of our articles there well she's got amazing talent and she showed there she's got character too so today in our main segment we will be discussing the Final Grand Prix event, Internationaux de France. Ooh, those French Ooh, skills. I, I studied French for too long to not be able to speak French at all. <laughs> you didn't drop the ball. <laughs> so yeah, what what an event this weekend, right? <laughs> it was it was pretty crazy from a lot of different ways. And very high stakes as well, because there were like a, quite a few Grand Prix final spots that were up in the air. So yeah, for sure, it was pretty pretty intense, but. There were some pretty crazy things that went on just from like the organizing side of it, like the fireworks during the skater introductions and like the disco podium during the victory ceremony. I love it. <laughs> no plastic stars this time. This time we get plastic hexagons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Clara informed us that France is known as the hexagon due to like the shape of the country. So maybe that was like an homage to France. I, I couldn't even tell though because it was like an irregular hexagon so I, everyone thought it was a pentagon and because everyone was holding it and cutting off one of the sides like we never would have been able to tell that it was a hexagon just because everyone was holding it. Guys real talk do you think that they're gonna run out of shapes at one point? Who knows <laughs> maybe they'll just stick with this the whole time. I say that 2019 will have squares or triangles. <laughs> I, I do wonder if it's like you know like building a brand or something it's like avant-garde you know i don't know it just seems like kind of awkward because they're holding gifts and flowers and then the, also the the plastic thing so it just feels really like they, they looked really confused during the photo op like what to do with all of the stuff i remember during the the dance ceremony victory ceremony like 
Gabby and Guillaume are holding their thing and we're like, do we take this in the photo with us? Or <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> I just think that it's iconic that Gabby like repeated her Simba presenting pose it's on adorable. the podium. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worth it just to see like uh, cinematic parallels like that. I thought Nathan's face was really funny. He was just like, oh no. And the flags. Oh man, they they didn't even have like actual flags during the national anthem. They had the LCD screens with the flags on them. And like, I guess I've never planned a figure skating competition, but it doesn't seem like it would cost too much extra to get some actual flags for the victory ceremony. Like, I think that the skaters can live without the fireworks. We can get some flags, I think. But I mean, like the the fireworks made it feel more like a show than a competition at times, which, you know, I mean, it's it's a bit exciting sometimes, though, right? Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, the ice looked like it was melting, and I don't know if the fireworks had anything to do with that, but, I mean, this isn't the only competition, granted, during the Grand Prix that's had some pretty subpar ice conditions, but skating on melted ice during the final Grand Prix where Grand Prix finalist qualifiers are going to be decided doesn't seem to be the way to go. Yeah, I did think that was a bit weird because I can say from experience that I've competed on melting ice and it's really hard to grip it, especially like edge jumps. I have trouble with those to begin with. So competing on that is wild and I'm surprised that there weren't more falls. Yeah, especially if, you know, Grand Prix qualifiers are on the line, you don't want to be dealing with that in addition to the pressure to compete. And then, oh, also... The the poor U.S. pair skaters. Um, did you? I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, Audrey Liu and Mitra Mitrofanov they had to skate their free skate through like a part of the board while a part of the boards were falling on the ice, and it was really funny because I missed it live and I replayed it. You could see the sign looking really unstable and like it was about to fall, and then the next the next shot of it, you see it's on the ice, and then. They do their side-by-side -side triple toes right in front of it. And Audrey definitely looked like she was probably distracted because she fell. And it was right in front of the sign that fell on the ice. And that's so dangerous. It's funny in hindsight because you can see the guy kind of sneaking around as they're going into the Paris spin. And he's kind of sneaking past the board so that he can find an opportunity to like jump over the board and grab it. And once they skate to the opposite end of the rink, then he actually does it. And it's really funny because you can see it. <laughs> but, you know... In a practical sense, that's so dangerous. And it's really unfair to the team because, I mean, of course they were going to be distracted. And had this been a little bit more of a controversial result, or if they were in a more competitive situation um, for the podium or for a spot in the Grand Prix Final, this could have been a bigger deal. Because I really haven't seen that many people talking about it. Well, because it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. It does remind me a bit of, who was it that did like a slide on the board? Oh, was that... Kagan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it looked like it was, you know, like toilet paper. It was like so thin that it was like ripped off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's not a great situation. And, you know, maybe we should try to avoid that in the future. Everyone stay away from the boards. <laughs> yes. That they is don't the love you. Yes. They don't love you. Stay away from them. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to the men. We have our medalists, Nathan Chen from U the U.S., and then uh, Jason Brown, also from the US. And in third place, Alexander Samarin from Russia. I guess something that I've been thinking about, at least at this men's competition, is 
how the new judging system is starting to play out in favor of rewarding um, skaters that focus on the quality of the elements rather than just going for the highest technical content, like Jason, for example. Um, those skaters would instead see higher rewards in terms of GOE um, rather than just relying on their base value and also having the high PCS to go along with the good execution. And before this competition, I guess we really didn't see any evidence of this really happening because the quad base value was still such a huge advantage. But Jason Brown did prove that you don't need quads to perform really well. And he was first after the short program with a score higher than his personal best, even under the old system. So what, yeah, one of the judges even give, didn't they give him like over a hundred for, for, <laughs> for his short program? And I mean, I would have. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I totally, absolutely. <laughs> and no, no one had ever scored over a hundred without a quad before, but um, yeah, Jason's quality does absolutely deserves it. Yeah. I mean, so he got 93 points at 2017 Worlds and 94 points at the uh, World Team Trophy. So that was his um, his best under the old system. And the, then using like pretty much the same jump layout. So the only difference here is that he put the combination in the second half. So he got a little bit extra uh, second half bonus. So, I mean, it's not a huge difference in terms of GUE. It's... And he got like a half a point higher PCS as well. So it's a very small PCS boost. But he's still getting like a lot of uh, plus fives. So that's thrilling to see. But again, we're not seeing a huge, huge difference really. Yeah, I think that there's still higher we can go with the PCS. Personally, like Jason is one of the best skaters in the men's field. Like objectively, just on his skating skills. And it pains me that without quads he might never ever get a 10 in his skating skills ever no matter how good he gets so i hope that there isn't like an arbitrary pcs cap based on the fact that he doesn't have a quad we'll see how that goes because i from what i can tell jason's sticking around for a while so and also something i noticed while watching ladies and men mix together and checking the protocols I felt like the men just in general were getting higher GOE on elements overall. And I do wonder if it's a general trend of rewarding the men more for their clean elements. Because I did see some kind of meh elements among the men get higher GOE than some really great jumps in the ladies. So I think it would be interesting to look at that more systematically because that's just sort of the impression I got. That's definitely something that I think about as well because we have more men are more likely to be a disaster during their programs <laughs> because they're attempting all of these crazy quads. So comparatively, when someone executes something cleanly, because we get so few clean programs in the men's events anyway, it makes you think that it's better than it actually is versus the ladies where being clean, not being clean can really take you out of contention for, for your scores or your, the podium. So every, if everything is clean, then nothing really stands out. So that's just like from a, a psychology perspective. Yeah, I was just feeling the frustration when I saw some of the ladies land really great jumps and 
getting less stewy for it. Especially the Japanese ladies, like their execution was absolutely gorgeous. And I think that they should have been scored higher, but they're not. Yeah. I just thought about my jump in, jumps in general at this competition. I was kind of wondering about why she's not getting the GUE on her jumps, especially her back counter double axel, I thought was so gorgeous. That was impressive. Yeah. I was like, you go, girl. And then I look at the GUE and I was like, why? <laughs> why do you do this? Yeah, well, we're going to get into it, I think, with, with some of these skaters. So, yes, but we were discussing the men now and we're yeah. off topic. Yeah. <laughs> so first, we've got Nathan Chen, resident Yaley, getting his second gold on the Grand Prix here. What did we think, guys? Yeah, no, I thought that was pretty great. I think there's a disconnect between his skating and his music in the free skates. And I'm not really sure if it's a music choice, um, that his music choice wasn't the best for skating, or if it's because he's focusing too much on getting the elements done. Oh, for sure. The first half, it, it kind of feels like a jumping exercise. Again, he's not the only one that does this, but it felt like he was just going in for his jumps one by one, and I did not really connect with the program, at least in the first minute. I do feel like Nathan Chen does pick more exciting music for the short program because he can have fun with it and he has a shorter time span, if that makes sense. While in the free program, it is mainly focused on getting the elements in. And if you do use all of your energy up just from the get-go, then it's harder to finish yeah. that program. I do agree with where he's going music-wise, but I do feel like he could continue to add more to the long program. I agree. I, I really like that he's kind of he, he's kind of made it his brand to not go for the typical warhorse music. He's going for more contemporary. I think it suits his style a lot more, the short program especially. I really like his short program, although I definitely think he looked a lot more tentative than compared to in Skate America, especially from the very beginning. I remember that the first, the first time I saw the program at Skate America, I was like, oh my god, he's giving so much face. He's like, he's drawing me in. Um, but it felt a lot more expressionless, like he, his, his face didn't, wasn't really capturing me this time. Um, but I know that he's got it in him. And I don't know if he was necessarily nervous. I just didn't feel the performance as much. Like he wasn't, his, his body language wasn't as open and wide as it was at Skate America, at least. And that's something that I did see in him last season, especially with Nemesis, is as the season goes on, he almost loses that expression. I am afraid of that. <laughs> oh, but I do, I do love Caravan. Yes, I, I do. So oh, it's much great. Fun. And I think it's quite demanding in performance. I think he really needs to perform it, give a lot while performing it, or else it would just fall flat. So I think in that sense, it's it's sort of forcing him to to actually like go out of his comfort zone a bit, if that makes sense. And I think in general. I think he's been helped by reducing his base value because I I mean, for example, not doing both the quad flip and quad lutz in the short program lets him have more fun, uh, energetic short program performances. And as well in the free skate, I do think it does a lot to not have to do five quads, basically. Although I do wish that he would take the quad flip out of his short program. His lutz is marginally better uh but yeah he keeps getting edge calls he got an edge call here uh he fell on it and it was under rotated didn't he get an unclear edge on in both in the short and yes in the free? Yes. yes he keeps yes. getting the edge calls on it please take the 
quad flip out hun please <laughs> but it was really great of him to stick on the the triple toe after um the quad toe in the short program after he fell on the quad flip that was a pretty that was a pretty bold move and you know that's a lot of pressure so good for him and i do think apart from the quad flip fall in the short i thought he did pretty well this week he opened the free skate with one of the best quad flips and quad toes my personal opinion of the season i am quite fond of both of his programs this year i feel like he is finding himself musically and that he will continue to grow his short program especially brings out the fun side in both the audience and the judges can enjoy it, which is awesome. Yeah, I think that it, it really caters to everyone, kind of. It's fun, but it's got energy to it. Okay, so let's uh, talk about Jason Brown a bit, who was my favorite this competition, actually. Oh, he was so good. I thought for sure Jason Brown wowed us all by winning the short program with no quads. So great. Yeah. He did turn <laughs> his triple lutz into a double lutz in the free skate, which was a little disappointing. But this competition does show how stable and capable he is in all of his triple jumps, his spins, his skating skills. And I'm confident that Brian Arthur is going to do a great job with him. I agree. I was worried, you know, that... And obviously, we all know that transitioning to a new coach after, you know, 18 years of being with the same one is like a tough period. But I was worried that it would kind of shatter his confidence because he was looking really unstable at Autumn Classic and at Skate Canada. And especially, I was so excited for him because especially after his sixth place finish at Skate Canada, getting silver here was definitely the proof that he needed that he made the right decision, I think. And it really let him push himself. And th I think this is definitely the best free that he's done all season. And the triple axel in a short program is one of the best that I've ever seen him do. It's been one of his weakest jumps. I'm absolutely thrilled at seeing him in such great shape. I think that the new co coaching environment does seem to be doing him favors, especially with his confidence. Uh, I mean, the short program itself was exquisite. I love the short program. It makes him look so mature. Yes, exactly. Mature. It's... The style is just everything is so polished, so strong, and especially this early in the season to have such a complete short program just feels like artistically and uh, technically just feels complete. Honestly, his his PCS should be higher, quite a bit higher, <laughs> but I'm still glad to see him get a really good score with this such a complete performance and just nailing all of his elements. The, the reaction from Brian and Tracy in the kiss and cry after his programs was to die for, especially in the short program, Brian's face when, when he got his score was so great. I love seeing happy reactions to scores. We all love that. And also Jason making silver qualified June to the Grand Prix final, which yes. is it, it, another bonus because we were all worried that June wasn't going to make it and he did. And you will be there, right, Kat? Yes. yes, so that'll be so fun. Ah, I'm so excited to cheer for him. <laughs> okay, so bronze medalist, Alexander Samarin. I was just thinking about his uh, GOE because um, in the short program, he turned out of his opening quad lutz and he still received positive GOE for the element. I'm kind of confused at what happened overall with, with his GOE. Just in general with his GOE. <laughs> I mean... Regarding the GOE bullets, I think he only hit one bullet, which was very good height and distance. It was huge, but I mean, it didn't hit the others. The The turnout of the landing was pretty bad and a weak landing can get 
anywhere between minus one to minus three. So I think at best he should have gotten like neutral and right. instead he got positive. Yeah, and getting positive GOE on a jump with a turnout, I guess you can justify it if everything else was good, if there was, you know, steps, transitions in and out, effortless throughout, height, great height and distance, then maybe, but it didn't really hit any of the positive, other positive bullets, in my opinion, at least, and it still got positive GOE. I don't know how, how we can justify that. Yeah, I mean, I thought the same could be argued for a lot of his other jumps, where he, he doesn't have a lot of transitions in and out of them, for example. So, yeah, I was a bit confused his, about that. His jumps look very effort, like, they, they look very full of effort, is the thing. And it has to be, for a jump to get more than plus two, I feel like, effortless throughout, and good takeoff and landing, have to be met. Those points have to be met, and that's not always the case with him. Right, and I feel like his jumps in general are what my coach would call very messy they look very muscled like in as you said it looks like there's a lot of effort put into the jump to even get it in the air i completely agree with you and if i'm being honest i feel like he doesn't really know how to connect to a piece of music because choosing the greatest showman is a big song you really have to know how to fill it i've seen girls skate to it who have done a great job i've seen skate to it who have done a mediocre job and you really have to know how to fill a piece like the greatest showman i think his air position like you said was fine for the quadlets but other than that i feel like his skating is extremely rushed and sloppy and he's just trying to get from element to element yeah it is a bit sad that he he needed a silver to qualify for the grand prix final and he just missed it so that is a bit sad for him yeah i mean for me, at least, I just remember because I I also saw him at Skate Canada live, and all I could think about was where are his facial expressions? Like you're skating to the Greatest Showman, you really have to, you really. I I felt like it was very expressionless and cold, and despite the fact that he's kind of skating to this pretty energetic, hypey music, this he he just constantly has that kind of mouth agape looking like he's about to speak expression the entire time that doesn't quite make sense with this kind of music and if you're gonna skate to something like you know the greatest showman soundtrack that's kind of really ostentatious and out there you gotta really commit to the expression to pull me in and his upper body is also very stiff as well and you really have to i, I don't know it i feel like you need a lot more movement and energy to to sell that program so i I want to talk quickly about Boyang Jin because I, I love him so much. But yeah, this was a pretty tough week for him, but he's had to deal with visa and travel issues. And, you know, he only got to France a day before he was able to compete. And so I really got to cut him some slack with how he performed because it's pretty stressful. I mean, thankfully, he was given some time to practice since he missed the first official practice. But that's still such a rough situation to be in to compete. And for his actual programs, he attempted a quad lutz in the short and fell. His blade hit the ice with a fourth of the rotation left to go. And although he fell, the rest of his performance was really fun, which is always something that you can count on Boyang to give. He wasn't able to put his best skates forward in France, but I sh for sure have faith that he'll return stronger as the season goes on. Yeah, I mean, Boyang for me is one of those skaters where I always have faith in him. He always feels quite comf like strong in himself. But then this season, he's felt more and more tentative um almost insecure so i'm just really 
worried and hoping that I'm I, I was thinking he changed the uh, training location right recently yeah so you just hope that everything is working out and he's just adjusting right now so well you know he always peaks later in the season you know he's won four continents before made it on the world podium twice so we'll see how things go but I haven't given up just yet no so, rise boyag <laughs> I also want to touch on Dmitry Aliyev who came back from a disappointing short program to play second in the free and fourth overall. He did a triple Lutz double axel sequence. <laughs> and I, I love these. For, for the record, I love these sequences. And I think, okay, this is just my opinion, but I think sequences should get the full base value now. They're so hard. Yes. They absolutely should. And no, now they're not allowed to do a hop in between. So then there's no reason to cut the base value. So I remember when we were watching the ISU Congress and they were talking about changing the rules for sequences. And I kept going, someone say something about ending the reduction. Please, (laughs) if you're changing the definition, then change the base value reduction too. But alas. Yeah, I, I I love his short program too. So... It was a real struggle to watch, unfortunately. I always I feel sad whenever skaters kind of stumble during their step sequences on nothing. Like, that's just so sad, like, to me. I was thinking, you know, is the ice melted there? Is that why? Yeah, maybe. It's okay. <laughs> I feel like this is directed at me in my competition, so... Because I'll fall, like, striking. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's okay. <laughs> and a final shout-out to Kevin Amos who gave two really great performances in front of a home crowd. So he's definitely one of our faves. Stop robbing him on PCS. <laughs> yeah, his free is absolutely incredible. It's like one of my faves for the men, at least. Um, and I was lucky to be able to see it twice. So, all right. Yeah, and so heading into the Grand Prix final, I it'll be the first time Nathan and Choma go head to head. We also do have Yuzu that hasn't, he hasn't withdrawn yet from the Grand Prix final, but with the injury, it's looking, I don't know. I'm not hopeful at, of him being at the Grand Prix final, and I'm kind of hoping that he doesn't go to the Grand Prix final. Right, it's better to heal. Yeah, so it, it will be interesting to see. Nathan and Shoma are pretty even, I think. Uh, their scores have been around the ballpark of, of each other. Neither have skated two fully clean programs on the Grand Prix. Anything can happen. And like like we said, men can go anywhere from being totally amazing or a complete splatfest. So it'll be interesting to see who takes the gold here. Yeah, especially considering how close it was in the last Grand Prix final between Shoma and Nathan. Yeah, Just it was half a de- point. Half a point and then Shoma's time violation. So oh, that was controversial. Very. Well, you do also have to remember that if Shoma does go clean, Nathan has taken a few quads out, so his base value is going to be lower. Yeah, yeah. or or if he decides to up his base value again, then he will have the the disadvantage of not having done the quad lutz or the quad salco in competition in, in a while. So And Nathan also has to study for his finals. Oh, that's right. Because he's a student. Oh, I'm a student too. It sucks. I'm not a competitive skater, but... Not an easy thing. I have so much respect for Nathan. I can't even imagine what he must be. Like, he was studying during the competition this week too. So, you know, props for him. And we'll see see how that goes. And, of course, I'm still happy about June making the Grand Prix final. Uh, First Korean male skater to ever qualify for the Grand Prix final. So we we can hope that he makes the podium. 
So for the pairs, for the medalists, we had Vanessa James and Morgan Cypress from France. In silver, we had Tara Kane and Danny O'Shea from the US. And finally, rounding out the podium, we had Alexandra Boykova and Dmitry Kozlovsky from Russia. So James and Cipre continuing their first place finishes this season. Great to see. They're the number one qualifiers for the Grand Prix final. Yeah, amazing. And it was first time winning at home too. Um, they definitely didn't perform at the same level at, that they did at Skate Canada, but it was still good to see that they um, managed to come back in the free from third place and, you know, winning at home. And, you know, this this gives them a lot of momentum going into the Grand Prix final since they are the top qualifiers. And it's the first time they qualified too. So great for them. Yeah, it must be like a, kind of a surreal feeling because they were so close to qualifying last season. And right. Just missed it. And then now they're the number one qualifiers. Yeah. And I mean, even though it was flawed, I still love their programs, especially their free skate. I was crying during Skate Canada, and I think that it 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 works so well for them. I still kind of wish they changed the ending, though, because I always think it's kind of awkward whenever the ending position is, like, the woman getting lifted. I don't know. It always feels really awkward, but something they can work on. And also, I I think about the, you doubled? said by Aliona at the Olympics like right. all the time like that's so iconic to me and then you know Vanessa doubled her Salco and, and that just like made me laugh because I always yeah. think about shout out <laughs> yeah yeah but you know good for them hopefully we can see them rise this coming season they've got a lot of momentum yeah I'm not so sure how I feel like about the free program itself because I, I think it might be the music that I take issue with but I just feel like it doesn't build very well so there aren't like as many impactful moments for them to like highlight the music except for like the lifts I guess they're timed really well I just feel like compared to last season I'm not sure about this free program their last season fruit program was pretty well the last two seasons fruit program was pretty iconic I think it's kind of um, hard to top right it is definitely hard to top I feel like they were kind of they were going for a similar style the kind of slow dramatic ballad with a build but i think that the last season last seasons was better but i i, I can still i can still go with this i think but I, I do think that their short program is more impactful because you know there are more choreographic touches so it works better as a program in that sense um that they really like make it come together through all of these like really small great moments hoping that they do well at the grand prix final so next we have Tara Kane and Danny O'Shea. It was really, really nice to see them bounce back from a not so great showing at their last Grand Prix. And they were able to win silver after being fourth in the short program here. And they got second in the free skate. And now they're the third US team to make a podium on the Grand Prix series. And the only one to get higher than the bronze because Kane and LeDuc got bronze at Skate America. And um, the Kinurums got uh, bronze at NHK. And they have great momentum heading into nationals. And they'll be fighting for that singular U.S. pairs world spot. So will be interesting. Yeah, that's going to be a challenge. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, but they they have this amazing entry to their throw, Triple Sow. And it's, it's so cool. I, I really, really hope that they keep using it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a highlight, definitely. So the bronze medalists are Boykova and Koslovsky. These two have like really great elements, but their programs don't really do it for me. Yeah, same. I'm, 
I mean, there are so many insanely good Russian pairs teams, and I feel like skating to the Nutcracker is kind of not really like a good way to stand out. Their programs are very Russian, and not in a great way. It it like it's generic. I, I mean, guess. I I do I do like that style. I do I like the classic style. I just feel like maybe they don't have really the experience yet to make it feel authentic because there's sort of like that authentic authenticity you know that right. you want well and it, it may take time for them to grow into what they are rather than the whole russian branding yeah and they are coming up from i believe this is their first senior season so they they have time to grow and it's a great result to get on the podium during your first season on the first senior season on the grand prix i mean it it does sort of feel like that you know like a couple of young people who are like trying to sort of find their own style and the throws are insane right yes the height and distance she gets on her throws is crazy i remember seeing them live it's really incredible um she gets great flow out of them yeah so just keep working i'm they'll they'll probably rise in the next season or so and then just a quick shout out to Yeoman Kim. I have a really soft spot for them. I think that they're so great and they have so much potential. They did so great in the short and they placed second. And I don't think anyone predicted that. And I was really glad that they got two Grand Prix assignments this year after never competing on the Grand Prix. And they were so close to getting on the podium too. So, you know, I really hope that they can keep working and growing. And I think that her expression is so great and their short really shows that off. Um, and they have great basic skating skills. And I just really hope that in the future they can maybe branch out and get new programs because this is the third season, I believe, that they're recycling their Beatles short program. And this is the second time they're recycling their free. But, you know, I, I don't know if there's like a funding or an access issue or maybe they can't afford it. I really, really hope that they can get new programs and expand their artistic range, I guess. Mm, and hope that they'll make it to the four continents. Yes, yes, yes. They got bronze last year, right? Yeah, so hopefully they can, you know, have a good showing there as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed seeing them. I was lucky enough to see them live. So they have a good presence, I think. Yeah, so basically going to the Grand Prix final, it's going to be a showdown between Tarasova Morozov and James and Zipre, I think, for the title. I think it's solidly between these two. They're the t two top qualifiers by a, a long margin. Yeah, it'll just be really interesting to see whether James and Zipre can capitalize on the momentum they've been gaining for this past season since they ever since they got their World Bronze medal. They've won every event they've entered this season uh, as have Tarasov and Morozov, and they're the top qualifiers. So I don't know what'll happen. Yeah, I mean, Tarasov and Morozov have better side-by-side -side jumps, I think, and better skating skills and a better twist. Yeah, the, just their elements in general are yeah. more solid. But I do I do think that James and Zebra have like the overall edge on interpretation and sort of more unique programs. For sure. But then, on the other hand, I might prefer the performances I've seen so far from Tarasov and Morozov, simply because I feel like they sometimes give uh, off more of a clean overall appearance. They feel more polished when skating, and sometimes uh, James and Cypria can feel a bit messier to me. So that sort of impacts the overall perception. Yeah, I agree. And... Uh, like Tarasov and Morozov are just very aesthetically pleasing. They have gorgeous lines, great posture. Their elements are solid. Like the expression is the part that really is just lacking sometimes because sometimes they skate through musical accents and 
they don't look like they're connecting with the music and that's the disconnect at least for me but just their overall aesthetic is so pleasing so we'll see if a clean Tarasova Morozov and uh James Cipre what the result will be I'll, I'll be curious uh and yeah the fight for the bronze is going to be pretty interesting I guess it'll it'll be probably Zabiako and Ember if I had to predict but I would definitely kill to see Peng and Jin on the podium I love their short program but they need to go clean because Zabiako and Ember hit their levels more consistently than Peng and Jin so yeah we'll see what happens all right and so for our next event this was this was a good event ice dance our medalists were with the gold medal Gabriela Papadakis and Guillaume Cizeron for, with the silver Victoria Sinitsina and Nikita Katsalapov and uh finally we have rounding out the podium Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier from Canada lots of drama going into the dance event considering that there were three potential Grand Prix final qualifiers and Papadakis and Cicerone not being one of them since they withdrew from NHK due to Guillaume's back injury. Yeah, my, my takeaway from this event is that tangos are really difficult. The patterns yes. are really difficult. And I'm just wondering, we're almost halfway through the season and we're seeing these... Uh, we're seeing these so many mistakes in the pattern so I'm just wondering what will it take to 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 see cleaner patterns yeah I I mean I've been griping about this also last week as well where we saw there were so few level threes no level fours and you know this week was a little bit better but still no one has nailed the pattern in a really long time I think only one team has nailed the pattern this entire Grand Prix we've seen some level four level three and vice versa but guys clean up your tangos go into the tango romantica remedial classes get your levels so starting with the you know the goals medal we have papadakis and cizeron uh this was their big reveal we've basically heard nothing seen no footage of any of their programs and this is the last grand prix and then they withdrew from nhk because of back injury um and so they were basically the last ones to reveal their programs in competition and so we were all kind of going in a little bit blind with how they would be scored considering we hadn't seen them skate all season with the new scoring system and you know going along with my complaining about the patterns something I have been thinking about is whether teams should be able to get positive GOE on a basic or a level one pattern just a quick rundown for anyone who doesn't know about uh, dance patterns and key points so uh, the rhythm dance this season, the compulsory pattern is the tango romantica and has two sections with four key points each. And to get credit for the key point, you have the to have the right edges, turns, and holds uh, held for the right number of beats. And then the levels are assigned based on the number of key points that you hit. So level one is one key point, two, two key points, two, etc. And the base value will go up with the level. And if you don't get any key points, it's a basic. And at least to me, it seems really counterintuitive for a pattern to have missed like three key points to be considered good execution and get threes and fours. Like Papadakis and Cicerone on the first part, they got a level one. Um, but they're not the only ones. Hawaii Baker got a B because John Luke got a timing call and they still got twos and threes. So I don't know, guys. You know, there. I guess there are plenty of other positive features that count for GOE, but... Do you guys think that there should be a max cap on the GOE that you can give based on key points? Yeah, I mean, if, if, if there's not a lot of difference in the base value of them, which there isn't, right? Right, yeah. 
So then then if, if you have quite similar base value and then you can get plus fours on any level, then in the end you will get about the same amount of points for like a level one as for a level three, as long as you get the DOEs, right? And yeah, I, I do think that it's that's a good point. The base value differentiation between the levels is just not wide enough to justify, like there's only half a point difference separating the levels besides the base level. Um, so the wider GOE range kind of makes it more likely to be able to inflate the scores. So then you never know, so you'd never know that Papadakis and Cicerone got a level one on part one and then a level four on part two because they were only separated by maybe about a point and a half in the end, which is crazy because the second part has been so hard for teams this season. I think maybe one or two other teams have gotten a level four on section two. So teams that nail it should be able to be rewarded more for it, I, at least in my opinion. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And right, you, you never know, though. I mean, it could just be the ISU wanting to avoid a double jeopardy of getting dinged on the level and then the GOE from the same mistakes, but I don't know. Key points, at least to me, seem kind of like a proxy for looking at the edge quality of the pattern as a whole because they obviously can't look at the edges for all of the steps. There are a ton of steps in the patterns, so they do pick the hardest parts, though. So, But yeah, what do you guys think about the programs themselves, though? I think for a first outing especially, it's very impressive. I mean, the, the free dance is not really my style, but I was just sort of blown away by how much flow they have, and it's so smooth, and all of these little details that stand out, and they just like make the whole program feel very seamless. And I think for me, like the highlight was the rotational lift. You know, I just right. like the image of her sort of throwing herself and like hugging him. I just thought that was so beautiful. They're very good interpreters, I think, especially Gabby. I think that Gabby is a very good interpreter of music. I, I love her expression, basically. And I mean, for me, I really, really like their rhythm dance. I already talked about the levels, but despite that, I really like the placing of the pattern on the music. They do the helicopter at the start of the pattern right on a musical crescendo, and then they do these moves and hold right at the start of their midline step sequence, and it's so great. I did feel a bit about their rhythm dance that I didn't feel the passion and the sharpness that I normally want from a tango. That's how I felt about the pattern execution, for sure. You just feel like they might be a bit trapped as far as expressions go, and that sort of sharpness wasn't really available to them. Yeah, but again, it is their first outing. So we'll see how it can grow, at least. I mean, I really love their free dance as well. And the, the stationary lift right at the start is so nice. I really, really like that. And I personally was a little bit afraid that the program was going to be more of that kind of ethereal, airy, dreamlike. But I personally don't think it was. I saw a lot of people saying that this was more of the same, but at least to me, it didn't. I didn't really agree with that. I think the music is still subtle. It's not quite in-your-face dramatic, but I still think that there's really, really nice build. And there's some dramatic tension, even if it's not overtly dramatic with the music. They're not so floaty in their movements. And I love that curve lift, the one where they get really low to the ice. And they cover so much distance over it, too. I love low lifts. It's one of my favorites. Yes, I do too. Uh, some people are not into that, but I, I think they look really, really nice. World record on their first time competing this oh, season yeah. as well. There's a statement that they're still the ones to beat, even if they won't be at the Grand Prix final. 
Yeah, I mean, that was quite a world record. Maybe I, I, maybe I would still give them the world record. I don't know if I would have given it by eight points, I think, in the free dance. They had a lot of Chens in the PCS, which, I mean, they are good, but it is their first outing. And that's basically the judges saying to them that there's nothing you can improve here. And that that's not fair to them, I think, right? Like, I think there's room for the dance to grow still and for them to earn higher scores. Like, they don't really, I don't think they need the inflation. I do believe they are one of the best teams in the world, even without the overscoring. But I mean, I know a lot of people that have kind of soured on seeing them just because their scores can sometimes be a very anticlimactic moment, I guess, because you kind of resign yourself to accepting that they're going to win no matter what, right? Mm. So I don't know, but I still love the program. The, the diagonal step sequence is so great. The uh, I it, it's it's so good, and I know that Guillaume's back hunches a little bit during it, and it can be a bit distracting. But I'm cutting him some slack because of the injury, um, and they're the first ones to get level four on that step sequence this entire season. So good on them. It's going to be weird to not see them at the Grand Prix final for sure. And it sucks. Their programs are really good. I would love to see it again. And I would have loved to see it live. But, you know. All right. Next, we have Sinitsina Kasilopov in silver. Their rhythm dance is really good. I will admit. It, it is quite good. Yeah, it is. And uh, they did the best on the pattern, I think, all things considering, because they had two level threes. And their tango is done in pretty close hold, at least the closest of all the teams that we've seen here, for sure. Um, and the gancho right before the midline step sequence and the clapping choreo. It's so good. So third place, Gilles and Poirier. I love them so much. But yeah, they needed a second place to finish here and make the Grand Prix final because they got the bronze at Skate Canada. And it's just so sad for them because they were Canada's best shot at a home Grand Prix final appearance and possibly medal. But they got definitely two of the most stacked dance Grand Prix because they had to go up against Hubble Donahue, Sinitsudan and Kasilopov at Skate Canada. Then Sinitsuna Katsalopov again, plus Papadakis' Cicerone and Hawaiian and Baker. And so now they're not even first alternates. Why? Their free dance is so good, guys. I love it so much. I, I've, I cried over it. And it deserves to be performed as many times as possible. Just There's so many little details and nuances. I just think it's a shame about the levels. Oh, yeah, they really got hosed. And... Um, you know, it's, it's, ugh, she just looks so beautiful. And unfortunately, they, you know, they could have used the momentum of making Grand Prix final here, especially since they were the only really relevant Canadian dance team on the Grand Prix. And especially since Weaver and Poje were sitting out the Grand Prix. So they're gonna have to go up against Weaver and Poje again at Canadian Nationals. And, you know, the momentum would have been nice, but you know, we'll see what happens. We and Poje do have a really nice free dance as well. So, and then in fourth place, Hawaii and Baker. I'm not super sad about that because they still make the Grand Prix final thanks to their win at uh, NHK. I love them so much, but oh gosh, pattern levels. Uh, I, I'm still cutting them a little bit of slack because John Luke is uh, still coming back from a concussion. They missed a lot of training time because of that. And I think between the two of them, he's the better skater. So I'm not going to freak out too much, but it is November and they're going to the Grand Prix final. And if you if they're, they want to compete for the podium, they have to get their levels. But this is the second time that 
they've gotten a B on their pattern. <laughs> and so at least this time they got us to level two on section two, but I think they really have to um, hammer the pattern over and over. And yeah, I hope that they rise. They have great lines. They're very aesthetically pleasing. I really like the aesthetic of them. I, I like when pairs and dance teams have not so much of a height difference. I mean, I love Sway and Han, so. But yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of their programs, but I can I can deal with it. But it also might be because Kevin's in this shirt, Free Skate, is one of the best Free Skates this season. So having three, I think, in the same event, right? Because Roman also did it in the short program. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so having so many of the same song in the same event, it didn't really work in their favor at least in my opinion. So we'll see what happens at Grand Prix Final. I do hope that the Grand Prix Final gives them enough momentum for the US Nationals, because although they're not podium contenders at the Grand Prix Final, really, um, Chalk and Bates will probably be back for US Nats. And if they have a good showing at the Grand Prix Final, it could give them a fighting chance at the Nationals, basically. So good luck to them. Yeah, Grand Prix Final for Ice Dance will be interesting without Papadakis and Cicerone, right? And none of the Olympic medalists will be at the Grand Prix final. So it'll be interesting because Papadakis and Cicerone have basically solidified their top dance team status, even if they're not going to be there. But I guess the Grand Prix final will kind of decide who actually is like the second best dance team in the world. And I think there are a couple of teams vying for that spot, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I think that Hubble and Donahue started the season as favorites, but then we have Stepano Van Buchen, who who proved to be strong contenders with like really great I showings. I'm so excited to see them. Definitely. So you know you have the world record swapping between them at every competition, which is really exciting to see. And then also Sinitsyn and Kapsalopov uh, have shown to be pretty strong contenders as well. And you know we'll we'll have a decent fight for the gold, I think. So yeah, we'll we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting dance. I think it, it always was going to be an interesting dance event, considering how many teams were sitting out and then how many teams ended up withdrawing from the Grand Prix as well. So it's a good chance for any team here to gain some momentum going into their nationals and then going into championships in the second half of the season. So let's let's pray that everyone gets their levels. Please. <laughs> Please, at least by nationals. So let's move on to ladies. We have in uh, first place, Rika Kihira from Japan. In second place, Mai Mihara, also from Japan. And then in third place, Brady Tanel from the US. So one thing that just um, came to me when I was watching is the whole thing with overscoring and underscoring. Oh, for sure. I was watching Marin in the Kiss and Cry after her short program, both at Skate America and at IDF. And it's very disheartening to see her look so surprised at the score, given how excited she was when she finished it. Yeah. And then in Skate America, she completely fell apart in the free skate. And somehow I felt that the score she got in the short program sort of robbed her of the confidence going into the free skate. And this sort of is also how I felt last season a lot about Wakabahiguchi. Oh, God. Yeah, and I just really, really hate seeing when the moment when they are excited to get the score and then their face just falls when they see it. And I just think when you're not given due credit for what you put out, it can be really detrimental to your self-confidence because 
I think it can make you think nothing you do will be enough, which is oh, totally. a really poor mentality to have when you have a free skate coming up soon. Yeah, and then you if you go in tentative into the free skate, and then you know you start popping a jump or two, and you, you tighten up in your body, it, it makes your expression suffer as well, which doesn't help your PCS. And so then the PCS falls as well, and then it's just it just snowballs. It's not great. Yeah. Well, and as a skater myself, I can definitely agree with this. And it's hard just watching, especially the senior ladies for Japan, as I'm almost noticing a trend that most of them are really underscored. And they're putting overall a phenomenal, phenomenal skate, whether it be jumps, spins, footwork, PCS. The whole package is there, and I feel like they're not getting the scores they deserve for that. And that's hard as a fan to watch. Oh, for sure. Unfair scoring in general is 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 just so hard for all of us as the audience and, you know, to watch a skater not get the credit that they deserve. And then you have excessive overscoring, which can also be detrimental to the mentality because... I feel for Yevgenia, for example, she's been seeming to lose her confidence with the scores she's been getting because, you know, she has a high standard, which is probably compounded by the fact that the judges would be reward her very generously uh, in the past. And now she has seemingly lost the favor and it seems that that's kind of throwing her off. Yeah, and to be fair, like her scores now are actually more in line with anything that she'd ever received during the rest of her senior career. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, so, and and it's just hard to see that she's still setting herself up for that super high standard that the judges had kind of placed on her in the seasons past. And I think now she, her mindset just seems to be kind of out of whack and going through she seems to be going through like a mental block I don't know she's been looking like it's just it's just weird to me or not weird but it's just interesting to me because she's looked so solid in the practices um and what I personally saw at Skate Canada is that she didn't pop anything basically and from what people have been saying um or reporting at um you know this past weekend as well it's not an overall training or a stamina issue, I don't think. She, I mean, she's been banging out loop combos left and right. Yeah, no, I think, I think for for me, what I'm seeing is that she has issues that have been mostly ironed out in practice, and then it's just a matter of transferring those skills from practice to competition. And I think that's the struggle for her. Yeah. Also, because she's at the point where everything is still new and unfamiliar, with her whole life changing. So she hasn't like been able to find her competition focus in the midst of all of that. So we're definitely got to be patient with her. But, you know, I, I obviously feel a little bit for her and I, I worry for her a little bit just because she has a very perfectionist streak inside of her. So yeah, I, I think she'll be OK in the long run. though. Yeah, I think she's hanging on pretty well with with that in mind that she has changed everything about her life. It's just that we're used to seeing like a really freakish uh, consistency from her so right so in first place we have rika kihira from japan she is definitely going to become one of my favorites i think she has crazy strong jumps and spins and just overall skating ability she did miss the triple axle in the short program and she turned it into a single axle but she came back and she did it in the free skate yeah she did touchdown with one hand and it was under rotated. Yeah, it was. 
But I believe that out of a lot of ladies at the senior level, she has some of the best air position. If she gets up, she's tight, and she just comes out, and you're like, all right, girl, I see you. There's like an effortless in her jumps, I think. That's very appealing, even, you know, an aesthetic kind of way. Yeah, but I think I, I agree with you. She's definitely becoming one of my new favorites, and I think that this weekend was definitely a really big moment for Rika in terms of momentum. And I was a little worried for her initially just because, you know, going into NHK, I know there were certain expectations for her because of the triple axel, but there was a little bit of like a will she, won't she scenario. Um, but then she fell in the short program and then came back from behind and had, because she had nothing to lose. And it can be pretty daunting to go into this competition with the expectation that you're going to live up to a skate like that. Like that, that was a moment, guys. That was, that was an incredible moment, I think. Yes. Um, and obviously here in France, she was a bit, it was a bit of a weaker showing than her NHK outing. I, I mean, weaker. She just had some shakier landings in her free. But, you know, we discussed the ice and all that. But Man, the fight to hang on to that first triple axel in the in the free and then the foresight to ditch the triple axel and do a double instead and with the triple toe tapped on, so incredible. One thing I think is amazing is that she originally only had one Grand Prix assigned to her. Right! And then she was the host pick for, um, for the NHK and then she crushed both of those events. I know! And she's the second qualifier for the Grand Prix final. And she had the third highest point total. She she wasn't especially known for her consistency before. So um, I think it's very cool to see here uh, in France that she was able to hold her own. Because, you know, singling an Axel right at the beginning of the short program could have crushed her confidence. But instead she went on to have a stunning short program. It was really just that beginning. And so it's just really cool that she can recover from those mistakes and still skate really well right yeah oh man i the short program for me at least isn't quite my cup of tea because i, I don't know it's, it's claire de lune i i'm very iffy on wc in general for 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 skating it's kind of snoozy for me at least but that free skate guys oh man it is a masterpiece oh thank you tom dixon and like I know that her technical prowess, I guess, is her main selling point, at least as a new se senior, right? It kind of gets you in uh, in the conversation. But I think that the free just shows off the maturity of her body expression and her interpretation. Like the music is very subtle, but it has a lot of small accents that she can use to her advantage. Like the use of her arm movements and the changes of level in her body during the step sequence and those backward steps when she's looking into the sky. And the choreo sequence with the spirals right on the musical accents, it just shows me that she's paying attention to the nuances. And she's not skating through those musical accents, which I guess is common among seniors coming up from juniors. But she's letting them enhance her movements. And it's, oh man, my favorite free program of the whole season. And also, the fact that, you know, the last element of the program is the triple salco that she puts right at the end during a moment of almost complete silence is so risky but it works so well give her all the pcs <laughs> i thought that was incredible that triple salco at the end i remember watching i'm like is she really gonna jump with no music and she did and she landed it and i'm like oh. right and it, it and it starts like what when she lands and the thunder goes on in the background yes. oh, God. so good and the fact that she managed to win this competition 
with only one triple axel and was under rotated and with a hand down really shows that even without the triple axel, she can still be a strong contender. Oh, it's, for sure. It's not just the triple axel, it's just everything else about her. So I just think it's really cool to to just see her sort of grab that. Yeah, her rip on triple lots. Oh, yeah, it was so good. Okay, let's move on to Maimihara. And mm, okay, <laughs> honestly, what do the judges want Mai to do to get more than 66 PCS? Fly? So frustrating. <laughs> crystallize eyes? Maybe it's, both? <laughs> yeah. It's just the fact that she isn't getting nines in interpretation and performance just blows me away. I mean, she got sevens in there. Oh, how? I mean, I, I think the, the, the short program isn't the best fit for her. But I mean, for the free skate, her PCS, I don't understand. I really don't understand. It's so tragic. She, this is her third year on the senior level and her PCS have rise like nothing. I think for me it's troubling that she can continue to put out pretty clean performances. Like, she, she's consistent. She has clean performances. And, you know, we're talking about the occasional under-rotation, basically, which everyone has. And she's still not getting the GUE or the PCS. And not even her beautiful back counter double axel in the free skate. That only got... Plus one. I mean, there were a few fours um, in, in her protocols, but no fives and many twos and threes. I mean, it's troubling because at this point, I'm not sure what should be done to get the results. I just feel like perfect jumps can get stuck on threes. And I'm wondering what's additionally required for a skater yeah. to start getting more fours and fives. Because I don't think it's the quality of the jumps that distinguish between getting a three and getting a five. And it's just that like poor Mai is always getting, not only is she shafted by the judges, but she's shafted by JSF too, because she probably got some of the worst assignments this season, considering how packed the ladies field at NHK and at IDF were. Like her scores at NHK would have gotten her on the podium literally anywhere else. She would have won Skate Canada, gotten silver at Rastelecom or in Helsinki and a bronze at Skate America. But the podium at NHK had scores in like the 219 to 220 range. Like, JSF, JSF, why would you do this to her? And as for Brady Tunnell, we've talked a bit about her programs before. Um, I think she did a great job. And one thing I thought was amazing was that the, the Russian and the Japanese ladies have been totally dominating the Grand Prix this season. Uh, only two non-Russian and non-Japanese ladies medaled on the Grand Prix circuit. And that was Junso Lim last week, and then Brady this week. So in the context, context of that, I just think Brady's medal was really impressive. And I think she's making a solid statement this season that she is, she is a contender for medals, and her packaging is much more careful, and she is really setting herself up for an upward trajectory. So at this point, I just feel like it's the, the under-rotations that her holding her back. We're going to quickly touch on, of course, Evgenia. We we kind of discussed her briefly as well, but, you know, her programs, it was tough to watch, I think. Yeah, it was really tough to watch. And I think the thing I felt so bad for her is she almost looked upset. She didn't look relaxed at all, which isn't really something we see from her. Even Brian told her, you really have to be feisty in your skates. And I feel like she kind of realized that and tried to bring it to the free, but almost old habits are starting to come back. And um, from a skater standpoint, 
she does try and make her rotation by using her upper body. And skaters who are listening to this are going to agree with me. When you turn your upper body, this pulls you out of your tight position and you have more of a chance of wrapping, which is when your leg comes up. It just, your air position is going to become a mess. And that is what happened. She kind of fell out of some of her jumps. And in France, it was just unusual for her. It wasn't a mistake she normally makes. But I have confidence that Brian Orser is going to take what happened in France and he's going to work on it. And I have full faith in him. Let's also touch a bit about Marin Honda, who had a also less than ideal skate today. And I feel like we also see the same thing as Yevgenia. She's moved to another country. She's changed to a completely different coaching situation. And I just feel like we should be patient. Yeah. And I think she she got quite low PCS here. Oh yeah, for sure. And especially her skating skills, I think is is a bit criminal to give her. Um, she got seven point eighty two in the in the short program, and I just thought that was crazy for skating skills. I think she has some of the best skating skills in the women's field. Oh yeah, it's her lowest c- component too. For some reason, I I I don't understand how she's still getting sevens in skating skills. No, at the same time, I think that her PCS would be affected by the fact that she hasn't made a strong presence in seniors yet. She had her struggles in the last season and she those are continuing this season. So I have faith that if she gets more solid performances, which hopefully as her as she grows more confident with the new coaching situation, her performances will improve and Hopefully that should change also the PCS. And I really, truly do not know what competition the judges are watching, but give this girl her PCS. She deserves it. I agree. And I I definitely am trying to, I'm, again, sympathetic to the new coaching change and I'm trying to be patient. And I just, I just worry for her so much because it's not going to get any easier to stand out amongst the depth in the Japanese ladies and I just hope that the lack of consistency in her results and in her performances and the low balling as well don't affect her confidence even more going forward because I I think she has so much potential. Her face just lights up the rink and she's just adorable and uh, she's such a star. I love her. Let's talk a little bit about the Grand Prix final. Yeah, Yeah. ladies. (laughs) We have three Japanese ladies. And we have three Russian ladies. So it's just going to be Japan versus Russia. I, I, if you had any doubt which countries had the, the deepest field for ladies, well. Yeah. Now you yeah. have it. Yeah. I'm going to be super interested in seeing how Rika and Alina will st- stack up. Because the last time they competed against each other was the Junior Grand Prix, uh, two year, two Junior Grand Prix final two years ago. Um, where Alina won and Rika was fourth. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because Alina goes in with as, like, the top-ranked qualifier. But Rika, Rika has the higher total score from a single competition. And that was at a competition where she fell on her triple axel. So it will be interesting. Alina hasn't skated completely clean for two programs, right? At least at, at, at Helsinki and in Rustelecom. So it will be interesting to see if she goes clean here and it, it will be interesting to see who wins a uh, clean Alina versus a clean Rika because Alina still gets pretty high scores despite, you know, sometimes having the mistakes because she has such a 
PC has advantage. So another thing we'll be seeing is Rika's triple axel versus Liza's triple axel. Who will be the best? Yeah, I mean, Rika beat her at NHK Trophy with the the two triple axels that she landed in her free. So it'll be interesting to see if they go clean and, you know, how that'll play out as well. I really hope they do. That'll be really exciting. It'll give me anxiety, which isn't exciting. Right. And let's also say that the most consistent skater uh, in the Grand Prix has been Satoko Miyahara. Amazingly, she scored 219 points at both of her Grand Prix events. So that means that she actually has a higher point total than anyone else, higher than Alina as well, because Alina got 215 at Helsinki and 222 at Westelicon. So um, even though Satogo has one gold and one silver, her total score was the highest of anyone. So yeah, you know, Alina and Rika have the advantage of scoring higher than her at a given competition. It must be reassuring to know that Satogo has shown more consistency than either of them. Hey, who knows? Slow and steady wins the race, right? If if uh, Rika and Lisa fall on their triple axles, or if Alina messes up her loop com- her let's loop combo, anything can happen. Satoko can win with 219 points. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. I no doubt, and I would absolutely love to see her win here. But yeah, it'll it'll be a very interesting uh, Grand Prix final for the ladies for sure. She was different class from what was it five weeks ago in Skate America. And the shout out of the week goes to. Clara, <laughs> for Love you, all Clara. Her, yes, for all her amazing work at IDF. It was really heartwarming to see a friend at ringside and snapping photos that you can see on our Twitter and our new Instagram, hopefully. Yeah, she's been running around between press conferences, editing photos, shooting photos and doing it, interviews. It's a lot of work. Yeah, doing interviews as well. She'll be doing she'll she'll be doing the interviews that we'll be posting in the weeks to come. So Keep a lookout on that. Thanks again, Clara, for all your hard work. Thank you for listening. We'll be off next week, but we'll be back in two weeks for our next episode, which will be about the Grand Prix Final. If you want to get in touch with us, then please feel free to contact us via our website, inthelowpodcast.com, or on Twitter, Tumblr, or Facebook. You can find our episodes on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you enjoy the show and want to help support the team, then please consider making a donation to us on our coffee page. We'd like to give a huge thank you to all the listeners who have contributed to our team thus far. You can find the links to all our social media pages and our coffee on the website. If you're listening on iTunes, please consider leaving a rating and a review if you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening. This has been Tilda, Kat, and Danny. See you next time. Bye. Bye.